Welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats with Peggy Hoyt. Our goal is to keep loved pets in loving homes by educating pet parents about the importance of ensuring every pet has a forever home. For more information about creating a legacy for your pet or to listen to archive shows, visit AnimalCareTrustUSA.org or LegacyForYourPet.com. Join your host, author, estate planning attorney, and animal advocate, Peggy Hoyt. Hello, pet lovers. Welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats. I'm your host, Peggy Hoyt, and this show is brought to you by the law offices of Hoyt and Brian, where we create estate plans for pets and their people. Also brought to you by Animal Care Trust USA, a national nonprofit dedicated to keeping loved pets in loving homes. We do this by educating pet parents about the importance of getting a pet trust for their loved pet. We can also provide trustee services. Today, it is my pleasure to introduce to you our guest, Bonnie Harlan. She is the founder of Prevent Pet Suffocation. Welcome to the show, Bonnie. Thanks, Peggy. So happy to be here. Well, it's nice to have you, and I want to tell our listeners a little bit about you. So Bonnie Harlan is the founder of Prevent Pet Suffocation, Inc., a nonprofit dedicated to spreading public awareness of the suffocation dangers pets face from chip bags and other food packaging. Bonnie created Prevent Pet Suffocation shortly after her rescue dog, Blue, suffocated in a Frito-Lay Cheetos chip bag on December 15, 2011. Bonnie founded Prevent Pet Suffocation to educate the public on the suffocation hazards of chip bags and other food bags and containers. She has written numerous articles on pet suffocation and appears regularly on television interviews, radio interviews, webinars, and podcasts. Bonnie has a Master of Liberal Arts from Houston Baptist University and a Bachelor of Arts from the University of Arizona. She resides in Texas with her husband, and they will be welcoming a new puppy to their home in December. And I can't wait to learn more about this, Bonnie. Well, great. Thank you, because there is, you know, a lot to learn. Um, it's a topic that most people have never heard about until it happens to them. And by then it's usually too late. So what we want to do is, you know, educate people now about this problem and what you can do to prevent it. Absolutely. So triumph always seems to arise out of tragedy. So tell us why you started Prevent Pet Suffocation. Well, I never planned to start a nonprofit. Um, that's for sure. It just came out of an unfortunate incident that happened to me. And that was in December, 2011, when my own um, dog named Blue uh, suffocated in a chip bag. And what happened was I left my house to go to a few errands. And Blue was used to being on his own. He was a 50 pound rescue dog that my son actually brought home from the University of Arizona um, once he graduated. And I ended up falling in love with Blue and taking him over. And he and I had a great routine. So I left to go do a few errands. And when I came home, I walked into the house and he was not there to greet me at the door. <clears throat> that was very unusual. And when I looked in my kitchen, I saw a paper bag of trash knocked over and a few other things knocked over as well, the Christmas decorations and so forth. 
So I thought maybe he was hiding, you know, that he knew he shouldn't have done that. So I went looking for him all over my house. I couldn't find him. I went upstairs, downstairs, up, down, up, down. Couldn't find him anywhere. I was starting to panic. I went back upstairs and um, right out of the corner of my eye, I could see him across the room in, uh, in my game room under a table and he was lying motionless. And I could see that he had a Cheetos chip bag over his head and he wasn't moving. I just immediately processed what happened. I ran over to him, pulled the bag off. Um, he was still warm. I called my vet, screaming, yelling, crying, and he walked me through CPR. And that it was too late for the CPR. So I was uh, devastated. And my vet actually drove over to my house, surprised me. And when he came in and looked at everything, he said, you know, Bonnie, I could have warned you about a hundred things and a chip bag would not have been on the list. And when I looked around the room, I realized my dog had started in the kitchen. He had knocked over this little paper bag, found a Cheetos chip bag, put his head in, it got stuck and he ended up in my game room upstairs. And he had knocked over some lamps upstairs and he eventually lost his bowels before he died. So this whole thing was so crushing to me, I couldn't figure it out. You know, what happened? Because I had not heard about it and my vet had not heard about it. What is going on? And then that is where I did some research and I decided to start prevent pet suffocation. Wow. I mean, that is such a moving story. And I, I can't imagine having to tell that story over and over again, but thank you for sharing that with us. Yes. Uh, Blue is actually my um, poster dog for pet suffocation. And he's definitely helped save a lot of pets with his story. Um, so that's really, it's been 12 years in December and we've come a long way, but we still have a long way to go to get our message out to the public about what pacification is and what you can do to prevent it. Because that's the good news. There are steps you can take to prevent it. But first you need what? to understand what is it? Yeah, absolutely. Tell us what it is. So you'll notice a lot of chip bags and snack bags and food bags are made of that mylar material inside. It's a shiny material. Well, you'll see it in balloons and so forth. Well, it keeps snacks fresher, okay? But it can be deadly to your pets because if you have a chip bag and the dog puts his head into it to get the crumbs, what happens is the bag creates a vacuum-like seal around their neck. And as he tries to breathe, the bag tightens around his neck, eventually cutting off the oxygen they can then suffocate within three to five minutes. So imagine a dog or a cat with a bag over their head. They then can't see. So they're panicked, they're anxious, they don't have common sense. And they typically do what my dog did, start running around the house. And he ended up upstairs, right? Um, so, Within that three to five minutes, if no one's there to help them, then they will asphyxiate. 
and typically lose their bowels in the process. And I've had strong men tell me they were unable to get that bag off their dog's head when they found it. It was so tight. Oh, you're kidding. No. So it's a very, you know, horrible way for your for your pet to to go. I mean, and most people are just so shocked when it happens, they can't even fathom that it just happened to them. Yeah, I can't even imagine. So because you've made this your life's mission, um, how common is this? Well, it's actually very common. And that's that's what I've learned as well. Um, I typically hear from three to four pet owners a week who've lost their dog or cat to pet suffocation. So if I'm hearing from three to four, imagine what's really going on. If you extrapolate those numbers worldwide, because right. a lot of this goes unreported because A, the people have never heard about it. So they might think, oh, this is a fluke, never going to happen again. Or they might think, oh, I'm embarrassed. I can't, you know, I left some food out. I'm embarrassed. I don't want to tell anybody what happened. Or it just goes, they just don't mention that. It goes unreported. So now with our international awareness campaign, I hear from people all over the world and wow. so many countries that this has happened to. And as this has grown, people, I heard from someone today that reported to me their dog died in 2009. So I keep track of, of every animal lost that, you know, I hear about. So it is very common, unfortunately. And we just keep trying to get the message out. Um, the idea is to get those numbers, you know, down. But, but like I told you earlier, it's a big world. So we still have a lot of work to do. It is a big world. So we have to educate people one family at a time, right? <laughs> yes. And you one tell two people time. and they'll tell two people and so on and so forth. Yeah. Well, with our social media, it's been great because I can do a post and it might hit 50,000 people, you know, within a day. So, and then they share it and so forth. So it, it does help. But we want the pet owner not just to do that, but we want them to educate their own family, right? their own pet sitters, their um, babysitters, their vets, the rescue groups, um, anyone that comes into contact with their pet, we right. want them to tell their children, their children's friends. Um, and that's how, how the message gets spread. So um, in terms of spreading the message and making sure people have good information, what types of bags and containers are subject to causing pet suffocation? Well, the biggest culprit is the chip bag. Okay. Um, they're, very, they're very popular. Um, almost everybody loves chips. Yeah. And um, most people like to sit around and eat them in their, on their couch or leave them out on the table and so forth. So they're our biggest problem. But then all the other ones come in a close second. You've got snack bags that includes, you know, popcorn bags, um, cookie bags, that type of thing. Uh, cereal bags, pet food bags, plastic bags, cheese bags, Ziploc bags, 
any kind of food packaging that um, you have in your home, even if it's frozen peas or frozen chicken strips, anything that's going to leave that smell for your animal to want to go sniff into. So in addition to all the food bags, we have containers, jars, containers, peanut butter jars, Pringles cans, yogurt containers, that type of thing. So I tell everybody, if food has been in something, you want to get rid of it or sort, store it safely away. Um, so really, all of them, all of them compose a suffocation risk. Right. Wow. And it's really just about being acquainted with what's in your kitchen and being careful, very careful about it. Since yeah. all of these items are so prevalent in our houses, mm -hmm. what can we do to prevent pet suffocation? So there are several things you can do to help prevent pet suffocation in your home. All right. One of the main things is keeping all the food bags safely stored away from your pet. I like to advise, you know, a high shelf in a pantry. Then you want to tear or cut up all your chip bags, food bags, and any food packaging. Keep a pair of scissors close by. It's one of the best tools you can have in your kitchen. Then you want to store your chips, your snacks, all your, um, you know, fun food to eat in glass bowls or containers. So when you're entertaining or you're sitting at the couch with a coffee table in front of you, eat out of the bowl instead of a bag. A lot of people have fallen asleep on a couch with a chip bag on a table and woken up to a problem. Keep your kitchen pantry door tightly closed. Keep your trash can safely secured, either behind a counter, behind a, uh, in a closet or behind a cabinet. Put the lids back on jars and containers when disposing of them. So just screw them on tight, whether it's a peanut butter jar or a Pringles can or anything, just keep that lid on. Don't store your food bags on top of refrigerators or appliances. We've had too many cats that can jump up really high and get them off. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, and um, I prefer to crate my dog when I'm gone. I learned the hard way. So I never leave my house without my, my pup in a crate. Um, I'm gone an hour or so. He actually really loved it. And that way I'm more comfortable and they can't go looking for problems in case somebody's left, made a mistake, okay? I also recommend not storing pet food bags in a garage. Um, people think it's safe out there, but it's not. Any animal can get into your garage. And I'm going to remind people to always check your vehicles too. You know, we like to get fast food, eat it in our car, run in, do an oh, errand, yeah. leave your dog in the car. That too can be a problem. And when your friends, uh, your kids' friends come over, you know, or you have overnight guests, I always recommend giving this pet suffocation speech to them as well and asking them not to have food in their purse, their backpack, their suitcase, et cetera. And one of the best things you can do is learn CPR, pet CPR. I did not know it. I had to be walked through it. It was too late for my dog as it was. We've done a recent survey on pet suffocation. And of the dogs, of the pet owners who um, tried CPR on their dogs, 
10% of the dogs were revived. Oh, wow. So, That's terrific. Yeah. You know, you never know. And we have a great um, video on our website that people can follow as well. So these aren't complicated things. They're just basically practice things you can get into the habit of doing. And every time I leave my house, I look around, is there a potential problem here? I don't even have a dog right now since my dog died in the summer. And I am not out of the habit. I still make sure my house is taken care of because we also have to protect our wildlife, okay? Because if you're just throwing things away in the trash, it's going to end up in a landfill or a beach or a park trash can or whatever. And then you're gonna have stray dogs, feral cats, wildlife getting into it. And most of the time there isn't anyone out there at that point to help them. So we all really do like to recommend you practice this, whether you have a pet or not. I, I think that's good advice and it's a good habit for all of us to get into. And I think we've also seen the videos of wildlife that get the, uh, the six pack containers caught on their heads and their mouths. So always get in the habit of breaking those up as well. Yes. Um, you know, it can affect birds and fish and squirrels and foxes and bears, coyotes. I've seen almost every type of animal with some kind of container over their head wandering around until somebody hopefully sees them and tries to take it off of them. Wow. So what should I do, Bonnie, if I were to come home and find that one of my dogs or my cat had a bag over its head? The first thing you want to do is remove it immediately. And hopefully it's not too late. And then if it isn't too late, I would, you know, and you can tell your dog is or cat is in distress, I would immediately get it to a, a, a vet ER. What you don't want to do is film it. There are a lot of people who have filmed this thinking it's very funny and there are videos all over the internet of people laughing while their dog is stuck in a corner or under a table, scared with a bag over its head. Um, so if you do run into this, it's going to be shocking. Um, grab that bag off as fast as you can. If you know pet CPR and your dog's in distress, start doing the pet CPR and still get your dog or cat to a, a veterinarian. Well, and I do see that you do have a um, pet CPR video on preventpetsuffocation.com as part of Blue's blog. So yeah. thank you for doing that because I think that's something we all need to know. We sometimes learn it for people, but we don't think about it for our pets necessarily. Yeah, and it's a different way to do it. Um, and so, yeah, if if you can give your dog or cat that chance, I think it's it's well worth it, you know. Well, and tell us how we can help. Well, what I suggest people do, you know, I really request that they follow us on all our social media. We're on everything, Facebook, um, Instagram, X, TikTok. I never thought I'd be on a TikTok. Um, <laughs> LinkedIn. Uh, YouTube, etc. So, you know, follow our uh, social media accounts. If you can share all the posts, tell all your friends and family, educate everybody. We have an amazing infographic 
on our website. There are a few of them. You can print them off. You can pass them out to your vets and so forth and any dog sitters, babysitters, that kind of thing as well. Um, because a lot of those people just have never heard about it. And you're going to feel more comfortable. They're going to feel more comfortable. So um, I had a crazy thing happen as much as I'm involved in this. And as much as my relatives all know about my mission, last summer we had some family guests come stay with us for a few days. Um, and in all the hubbub, I forgot to ask, do you have anything in your suitcase? We would put my dog in the crate. We went to dinner. I saw my alarm had gone off, my home alarm. And that made me think, uh-oh, my dog had, must have gotten loose. And for some reason that night, he was able to flip the switch on this crate. We raced home. Now he met me at the door, but in the middle of the floor, was a chewed up bag of almonds that he had gone downstairs and gotten out of my niece's suitcase. Right. And when I think about that, I just get the chills because he knew immediately go down there. He could smell that food. And so that was another scary, you know, episode. It can happen to, you know, anybody. So you just really have to be vigilant at all times. Yeah. And so fast. Very fast. I, I got, I left the restaurant as soon as my alarm went off. Um, well, and fortunately you have that kind of technology. Not everybody would have that and um, might come home to a tragedy. Yes, unfortunately they do. And I will just tell you from our survey that we've done, it's a two-year survey, 50% of pet owners were home when their dog suffocated, 50% were gone. So it doesn't matter if you're home or not. And I want to emphasize pet size, breed, or age does not matter either. People think my dog's too big. He'd never suffocate in that bag. He's not too big. We've lost Great Danes, St. Bernard's, German Shepherds. Or my dog's too smart. The smartest dogs can suffocate. No dog can win a battle against a lack of oxygen. Right. Right. You know, well, I'm I'm sorry you had to make this your mission, but I'm glad that you have <laughs> um, because it is important. And this is the first time that we've discussed uh, a topic of this type on um, on the show. And so I'm really grateful to you, Bonnie, for bringing that to all of our attention. Well, thanks for having me, because like I said, it's a labor of love and I love doing these shows and uh, helping get the word out. Absolutely. Well, and I understand that people can contact you at um, info at preventpetsuffocation.com. So if you have tips or suggestions or things you want to share with Bonnie, that's a good way to get a hold of her. For more information and to educate your friends, um, visit her website at preventpetsuffocation.com. And what would you leave us with here today, Bonnie? Well, I would just say have a great time with your pets, but keep a very close eye on them. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that. And thank you to our listeners for joining us. And you all know my favorite saying it is until there are none, please adopt one. And until next time, happy tales. Thank you for joining us on All My Children Wear Fur Coats with your host, Peggy Hoyt. 
We hope you learned something valuable for the benefit of your pet. We want to keep loved pets in loving homes by educating pet parents about the importance of ensuring every pet has a forever home. Get more information about creating a legacy for your pet at AnimalCareTrustUSA.org or LegacyForYourPet.com. Buy a copy of All My Children Wear Fur Coats, How to Leave a Legacy for Your Pet on Amazon. Join our email list or make a donation. Pet professionals and advisors are invited to join our trusted advisor network. Until next time, happy tales!